today I have with me one of my good friends, Aaron McCallum. My name is, uh, as John said, Aaron McCallum. I am an owner of Seven Tim Hortons Restaurants in the Calgary market. As far as sizing, we, we have about, I think, 200 team members. We do over $10 million a year in sales. I've been in it for 12 years. And uh, pre-COVID, we would do about 10,000 transactions a day. Seven. You're up to seven. We're actually down to seven. Yeah, the one across from the courthouse got bulldozed. And how about the plus 15 ones? Have they remained active? No, they haven't. We closed down three restaurants. The the first one that was closed down is very close to another one of our locations. The sales were declining and the cannibalization between the two locations, it wasn't worth keeping that one open. Centennial basically informed us when we need to close that one. And then the T Core Mall location, we were allowed to keep it open, but uh, they closed the plus 15. So it just didn't become, it wasn't economically viable. Well, that, that goes right into question one here. How is COVID-19 impacting your business? Yeah, the downtown core has been completely gutted. Six of the seven are downtown. A couple that are still open are down about 80%. I should say one's down 80%. The other one's down 40%. Um, and then, of course, we're weighted by the three closed locations. Oh, no, we're down to six restaurants. <laughs> so, <laughs> miscounted. Anyway, the, the, the other locations are, are waiting. So the downtown core is actually down like 80, 90%. Now, the drive through location um, is actually only down about 20% now. At its worst, it was down 40 With social distancing and uh, downtown business closures, uh, not to mention in the background, oil and gas industry getting destroyed, uh, there, there was no real opportunity for, for any business or growth. Yeah, it's almost like you would need to have a downtown location and then a drive through location to be diversified. Back in the day when we were growing downtown, I never, I didn't even request a drive through because the profitability prior to minimum wage hikes um, going up 40% over three years was more even at the lower volumes because we were able to be more efficient by processing customers through less tills as opposed to having to worry about a drive-through and being 24-hour operation. It was our little it was our, our little secret for a while. Just mm-hmm. Kept our mouth shut and kept opening these little stores that drive-through uh, owners didn't want. Interesting approach. Obviously, you've experienced the downturns just like I have. 2015, our down cycle in 2018, price collapse, and now this. So you, you've sort of rode this, the cycles up and down just as oil and gas employment has. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think we're down 30% from peak. Right. Yeah, we, we felt the downturn. Now, more so was government policies that hit us greater than anything. So even with the 30% downturn, if we were still dealing with a uh, market-dictated wage, which at the time was like 10, 20, basically whatever you could hire for it, what these called the uh, labor market opinion. Yeah. So it was a number that was generated by the government and it fluctuated with the boom bust which is almost the way that minimum wage should, in my opinion. Um, so as you know, supply gets lower, then yeah, you have to pay more. But in the good times, when there is a lot of supply, you're more resilient in the downtime. So the minimum wage hike probably hit us worse than anything else because downtown had greater labor supply than the rest of Calgary. We were always paying 10 20 where drive-throughs on the outskirts of the city were already paying 13 to 15 bucks an hour. And when so was that? What, what year did that all happen in? When the minimum wage jacked up, I think 2012 was the first one, I think it was. Yeah. 2015. Yeah. Well, that would yeah. have been during the last sort of downturn. Yeah. It, seems a downturn. it was a downturn plus the minimum wage hike. It was, uh, yeah, it was tough. I was making as much money out of our main restaurant uh, in 2012 as I am out of uh, six restaurants currently. Wow. That's, that's, uh, uh, so. 
tricky. That's hard to hard to wrap your head around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a lot of it to do with debt load and stuff as you expand as well. But because you need kind of hit that critical mass of your operating margin um, outpaces your your debt by a certain amount, right? But normally, if minimum wage went up, the response would be to raise prices. But because minimum wage was irresponsibly raised in the middle of a downturn. Um, you couldn't raise prices because the, the customer base was too sensitive. We definitely got our butts, uh, butts kicked, but we're diversifying and, you know, we think the economy will recover and it seems like head offices recognize some issues and they're looking to uh, close some restaurants downtown to have less cannibalization on each other. And no one in our team has been diagnosed with it. We don't have it and we're still serving thousands of customers a day. And are you, masked, um, are you masked up and gloved up when you guys are in there? We have to wear masks now, as of, but that was just as of uh, last week. Right. Um, I, I don't wear gloves uh, unless I'm actually serving customers. In your experience, have you ever navigated something as challenging as this? It, like this has never happened. So I mean, yeah. something that was similar. The Calgary flood for us was we shut down every single restaurant in downtown at that time, and it resulted in mass. Of, uh, losses and it, this and it was the same issues uh, that we faced with COVID. Right, is that we in the flood we had insurance, but there was still massive cash flow hits before we could get insurance money. Yeah, and then here it's the same thing, except for it's not insurance; it's you know the wage subsidy, etc. Uh, the main company that holds the bulk of the restaurants uh, dropped like two hundred thousand dollars in cash flow within a couple weeks uh, during COVID or during the flood. Well, it was, well, it was both. Yeah, and the last the last four years um, with the oil and gas crash and, and the and increase in minimum wage and uh, some stuff from head office, uh, we, we've been under we've been under siege for quite a few years now. You know, I think all said and done, though, the COVID's definitely been the worst. Yeah, how yeah. did you find supply demand rebound after the floods? Like as soon as everybody had the okay to kind of go back to work, immediate, just immediate. Do you think it'll it will, it'll be similar with COVID once? I actually don't know because I think you've got a lot of people who are saving a lot of money. If their wage hasn't been impacted, which a lot of people haven't been, um, then they're just not spending any money. But uh, did you say have not been or have been? Uh, people that uh, haven't had their wage impacted, like people okay. that are working from home or whatever. Yeah, I would um, I would argue that there's a, probably a lot of people that have had their wage impacted as sort of in response to the downturn of the oil price war? Yeah. On a cost side, a lot of people defer their mortgages. Like for us, we're, we're just pulling, like we took like a 70% pay cut, right? But because our mortgage isn't being paid for three months and we're on 75% wage subsidy, we're okay. Yeah. Yeah. And utilities are deferred. Well, we didn't, we just pay our utilities, mind you, but our commercial utilities are deferred. So, yeah. So you're getting a lot of support via the subsidies and the breaks. I don't think they've done enough yet, only because I know that like we're going to survive, but that's only because we actually still have restaurants in operation. Like yeah. a 75% wage subsidy. Uh, and I know this is the next question, isn't it? Are you taking advantage of any economic policies or subsidies? What kind of policies do you think should be created? Yeah, we are taking advantage of all the economic policies, uh, the wage subsidy, the uh, the forty thousand um, dollar government back loans. Commercial rent doesn't uh, commercial rent subsidy doesn't impact us because because we're a franchise, we pay uh, percentage rent. 
in order, like the wage subsidy is by far the largest one. If you look at the financials of a uh, standard small business, your sort of cost of goods sold is, again, like a restaurant, for example, your cost of goods sold is 60. And in Calgary, it's more like 65 or so because of uh, minimum wage is a lot higher here. Yeah. If you're not operating, then your cost gets sold is nothing. So those are those are like your your variable costs. Like to make that make that beer, or the first you know, pay the brewer, pay the the aluminum manufacturer, the cans, all that stuff. Right? Yeah. Uh, transportation. So so like the what ends up happening with this is that so Tim Hortons, uh, we main we were still open. Most stores didn't close. Some in downtown closed, and probably some other random ones, but. It was really only a couple hundred restaurants out of six thousand across Canada that uh, wow. that closed. Right, my drive-through location is operating only down twenty percent, um, which still would be a good restaurant if nothing would change. Yet I'm getting a seventy-five percent wage subsidy. Mm-hmm. So, so even though wage subsidy is the biggest one, and I need it because I have multiple restaurants closed, most Tim Hortons, McDonald's. Even the Starbucks are open to drive. Anyone's open with a freaking drive-through, and if they're down a similar amount to us, you know, if, well, they have to hit the 30 percent threshold. But my business, because the other closed ones grouped together, we're down, we're way below thirty. Yeah, are raking it in. Yeah, I never thought about it that way. Yeah, so for us, it works out because that one that's being subsidized uh, is paying for the locations that are all closed. Right. right? So that's so not necessarily people. a bad thing. No, no, for us. But I think the majority of people, um, you know, the McDonald's owners and Timmy's owners that have drive-throughs that are down thirty percent, yeah, probably more profitable these last couple months than they were last year. So what I think, so I like, and then they have the commercial rent release. But you know, you look at a a normal business, even a restaurant that, like, even a a reasonable restaurant could be only doing seven hundred thousand or a million dollars a year kind of deal. Yeah. Their their operating costs, which are sort of you know below your uh, uh, cost of goods sold, you know th- that can make up 15 percent of their cost, and, and you know a lot of that is still happening. So you get these people that are closed, um, or they're at a point that their sales are down eighty percent or something, or seventy percent or fifty yeah. percent. Um, now their operating cost, because that is more of a fixed cost, yeah. is sitting at it doubles. So you're looking at thirty percent, forty percent. And that's just restaurants. If you, anyone else that's retail or service-based or anything like that, some of them aren't doing anything. Yeah, they'd be completely shut down. What is sort of a policy, What you were kind of getting at it, changes or policies that haven't really been implemented yet or created? I, I know it's been tossed around the idea of some sort of a GSD rebate based on what they paid in. And you know, one thing that's good about that is that GSD rebate is um, scalable to the size of each business. Right. Yeah. And how much product they're moving. So if it, it would give that extra buffer that added into those loans and everything else that uh, probably would allow small businesses to thrive or to survive. Well, I guess GST refund, I guess. The GST that we've been paying in is scalable to the amount of sales that we've done. So it'd be something that would help each business based off their size. So for us, our GST rebate would be disproportionately large to what we require because we don't move tons of product. It's just spread around too many locations. A change to the tax code for this year, an adjustment. Because I think you don't want people going out of business because of COVID. You know, everyone took a hit. Yeah. So if you end up finding out that because of the wage subsidy or everything else, that you've actually made a disproportionate amount of money, then I, I think it's fair that you have to pay that back. 
I think they need to determine what is a fair amount to make because of this. And by that, the people that have profited from it will be taxed more than the people that um, you know lost, didn't make nearly as much as they normally do. They'd be taxed less, and it could result in money being injected back into the uh, Canadian economy. A tax adjustment and rebate. Yeah, those are kind of two separate things. Like the the GST would be a, a, a very scalable um, cash injection for small businesses. But then by having some sort of change, and a tax code is a strong word because, you know, obviously that has to go through legislature and everything else. But like uh, sort of a one-year tax adjustment that is more progressive, that would ensure that anyone who actually profited from these government programs would have to pay it back. Because at the end of the day, you know, the whole world economy crashed. Everyone has to take a hit. Yeah. And I don't think it's the, the government or the economy's responsibility in a capitalist society to just bail people out who have failed businesses. But so yeah. I don't know how they figure that out. But um, yeah, I think the people who make more money or even the same amount of money, maybe a little bit tougher on the taxation because the amount of government handouts we've all done and people who made less, less money try to support them and they pay less tax so that they can carry on operations unless they were already going to fail, which is... That's where it gets very challenging. Yeah, I think a redistribution would be reasonable. Yeah, everyone seems to be pretty darn good. Everyone's in it together, and and you know, uh, I did not vote for um, Trudeau, but I do feel that he's been uh, navigating and managing this pretty well. So, yeah, no, I think he's been doing all right. I'd be watching who's going to end up manufacturing in the U.S. because you watch this. This, I think, I do think this is going to massively impact China. I think the world is pissed off with this. Frankly, we've shown the, the fragility of our supply chains. Like we should be manufacturing more stuff domestically to protect ourselves. And yeah, you had your bets, basically, right? Yeah, like you're just basically diversifying. So for yeah. every Tim Hortons that you own, you want to have a drive-through and every other one. Yeah, absolutely. That's and that's what we're moving towards. Like there's one store that we lose a hundred thousand dollars a year. Wow, that's tough. That's a tough restaurant to go in and work. <laughs> if, if the downtown wasn't wasn't shut down i'm sure we could become something creative and you know could a tim hortons keurig on the side but the whole actual office space we'll change it around something else yeah. we were and we talked with it we had a little bit of money we just because it's a good location just so close to our other one it's like yeah sure we'll buy out the lease we'll take that hit but in reality we're just switching the business into something else right? yeah it's just going to be uh, a bullpen full of uh unemployed geologists that are in there working doing their own thing yes yeah, <laughs> put up a pool table yeah call exactly it. call it like uh engineers and geologists on call <laughs> when you need us we're right. here we're downtown we're ready to go <laughs> coffee in hand bunch of guys playing with rocks just yeah. waiting <laughs> doing our mbas online in the background i'd support that yeah a great conversation, Aaron. I think we covered a lot of interesting topics. You're welcome. That's great.